This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtCloud. ArtCloud's trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide. ArtCloud's all-in-one art management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. You can use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste, share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and use the app to visualize artwork in your own space. If you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. So are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so why not? Sign up now on ArtCloud.com. That's spelled A-R-T-C-L-D.com. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're here with Ann Bruder, founder of Ann Bruder Art, a full-service New York-based art advisory firm specializing in contemporary art with a focus on developing collections for both new and established collectors. Ann, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. With so much contemporary art out there, it can probably be a little bit daunting for new collectors to know what they like exactly and what they want to collect. So for our listeners who are new to collecting and trying to figure out what they like, can you walk us through some of the first things you do when you start a relationship with a new collector and help them figure out what kind of art they like and want to have in their collection? Sure. Well, there's really no science to doing this, and it's definitely an organic process, which takes some time. But yes, I do have some parameters in place to help me figure out what motivates my collectors and what they're passionate about. Um, I try to have one of our first meetings at the collector's home or apartment because that usually gives me some insight into their personality and style, helps me understand their perspective on the world sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It will also inform me about any previous art acquisitions that could be good or bad. And just to back up for a minute, the collectors that I work with range from people with a deep art historical interest and background to people who have really never picked up an art history book in their life. Uh, so this is one of the challenges of my job, but, you know, the educational process, but it is through the educational process that I'm able to kind of identify their interests and why they want to collect and what they should be collecting. So, so how do I do this? Um, To begin, I do work with a lot of collectors that are not in New York City, um, so they haven't, you know, necessarily been exposed to that much contemporary art, and it's also not at their fingertips. So a lot of the time, uh, I start off with kind of email offers with these collectors, you know, an email with a bio of an artist, images and descriptions of their work, um, and, uh, you know, maybe I'll send them 10 ideas, and then we'll go back and forth on the phone and kind of try to narrow down what they like. You know, I try to get them to New York as soon as possible to see art in person, but that at least narrows down some areas of interest. But really the most important thing you can do to figure out kind of the direction of your collection, kind of where you want to be or what, what area you want to focus on is to go to the galleries. Going to a gallery is super important and seeing the show is super important so that you can get an idea of the context for the artwork. You can talk to the dealer, you can see the other, you know, 
artist in the galleries program, you can look at the catalogs and understand what the artist has done in the past. Um, so I think the gallery is the best place to go to get educated. You know, I love art fairs as well, and they're an amazing place to make discoveries. Um, you can see a lot of galleries and a lot of artists at once, but it can be an overwhelming place for newer collectors. And, and the other component of the art fair that can be overwhelming for a new collector is kind of the, the time pressure and the sense of urgency. Um, and I like to make sure that, uh, especially for my novice, you know, green collectors, if they don't feel that kind of pressure to make a decision quickly, you know, I want them to take their time and build a collection that, you know, is really well thought out and that, you know, has a story and a narrative. Um, and lastly, I, I always uh, recommend museum shows to see and catalogs to read. So, you know, with all of those components, I'm able to kind of figure out what, what someone likes. Sometimes I feel more like a therapist than, a, than an art advisor, <laughs> um, trying to figure out, like, you know, what makes someone tick, what motivates them uh, to collect. Well, thanks for taking us behind the curtain there and illuminating to us how you guide new collectors and help them figure out what they may want to collect. On another note, the art market and the art world go hand in hand in so many ways. How often do your clients consider the investment component of a potential art acquisition? And more generally, what advice do you give clients who do ask about art as an investment when they're considering making an acquisition? Well... This is a very tricky territory. Um, not denying the investment side of the art business is a huge component of the business, but I truly believe that it shouldn't be the driving force of, of why you're collecting or your collection. I mean, on the one hand, I would never advise anyone to buy something that I thought was overpriced or won't maintain its value, you know, based on many variables and analysis that I, that I do and you know, all the due diligence I do. But on the other hand, art is an extremely risky investment. Um, and if that's the only reason why you're buying it, you should really put your money in the stock market. Um, you really have to love it. You have to connect with it. Um, and I mean, the truth is, and maybe the misconception about art, and I mean, maybe you disagree and you can tell me, but I, I don't think it's, it's not a liquid asset. I mean, not very liquid, rather. You can't get your money out very quickly. I mean, art requires a buyer, requires a seller, requires an agreed upon price. It might require uh, an installation and a viewing, uh, shipping, handling. It's not so easy. It's not like clicking a, uh, a mouse and trading a stock. So, you know, that's one thing I, I like to tell people. Um, and, and lastly, I tell people, you know, if you're really worried about artwork maintaining its value, you know, the, the, the riskier investments are the younger artists with less museum support, less gallery support, less shows, you know, actually the, the lower end of the market is riskier. And so if you, if you're really worried about that, you should probably look at more, you know, mid-career to blue chip artists. But again, it goes back to buy what you love. Another interesting and potentially frustrating aspect of the contemporary art world 
is that some galleries have extensive waiting lists for the very in-demand contemporary artists, as a result making it really difficult to acquire an artwork by those artists. What's the best strategy you employ with your clients on how to get to the front of these lines, whether it's today or at some point in the future? That's a very good question. Um, in fact, last week I was in Mexico City at an art fair and a dealer told me I should get in line at 128. He knew exactly how many people were in line, which <laughs> I've never heard before. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I laughed very hard. Um, most dealers don't really have a line. As you know, it's kind of just a figure of speech. But so, I mean, the best way for collectors to get in front in the front of these lines is to have a great relationship with the gallery. And I truly think, you know, that's where I come in. A lot of, you know, why people pay me to do what I do is to have access to these quote unquote hot artists. Um, The galleries, when they're selling an artist that's in super high demand, their biggest concern is not only, well, the concern is not only to place them with amazing collectors and institutions, but, to place them with collectors that they know won't flip the work, right? Because that's, you know, a sure way to ruin a young artist's career. So because these galleries have known me for many years and trust me, that automatically kind of puts you toward the front of the line. So another thing that I think is important is to have a diverse interest in the gallery's program. If a client responds to one artist, there's a good chance it might respond to another from the same gallery. And the gallery is likely to bump you up, quote, in line for their hot artists if you're buying from an array of their artists. But I think, you know, show up, be diligent and patient, and keep asking. Oh, the other thing, if you can't, you know, wait, if you're just dying to, to own the piece by a particular artist, you can always make a promise gift to a museum. Um, that's a sh- very sure way to get you ahead of, in line. I think the most important thing is just to to be patient and diligent and keep trying. There are so many emerging artists in the contemporary art world. We thought it'd be great, since we have you here, if you could share with us a few emerging artists you're excited about who you're advising your clients to seriously take a look at. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I can't spill everything or else there would be no point in <laughs> that's, that's, me, right? That's, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, maybe just a couple. Okay. I've come up, uh, I've come to art advisory through an art historical lens. So, you know, I'm really looking at artists who have been written out of the art historical canon, so to speak. Now, I wrote my Columbia master's thesis on Liliana Porter, uh, an artist who didn't fit a white male New York centric mold. And right now there's kind of an, um, a trend of looking at artists who are either who have been written out of the uh, out of the canon? You know, women artists, black artists, West Coast artists, Latin American artists. All, you know, and not to just clump them all into one, but these are the 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 theme being these artists who didn't fit this mold, who are now kind of being reworked back into the market and into art history and into institutions. So, take Barbara Caston for example. Barbara Caston is a Chicago-based photographer who has been working tirelessly for decades with incredible discipline. Uh, She has a conceptual photography practice in which she creates architectural and sculptural-like structures and photographs them. Um, Specifically, she stages 
lights and photograph materials like glass, wire, mirrors, and metal. And she's been a, an amazing influence to a whole generation of young photographers and artists. Um, but she's now just seeing her heyday, so to speak. She's lucky enough to have a, two dealers, Stefania Bordolami and Hannah Hoffman, to pick her up and really take her to the top of her career in her early 80s. She's also an extraordinary woman who has more energy than I do. I was lucky enough to have dinner with her uh, last week, two weeks ago in Mexico City. And she'd just gotten back from Sharjah in the UAE a week before. And I promised her I'd go, I promised her I'd go to Sharjah for the biennial if I have enough energy. I don't know how she does it. But Kasten is a, an example of one of these artists who's finally getting the institutional recognition she deserves after all these years. Few of them Gilliam, Anna Maria Maialino, Catherine Bradford. Again, these artists are all completely different, but they're all in the same boat in terms of kind of being rediscovered. Um, of course, I'm also looking at younger artists. I just thought, you know, it might be interesting to talk about some of these older artists that are just getting long overdue market and institutional uh, recognition. So other, you know, some young artists I'm looking at that I really like. Mira Dancy, Andy Roberts, Jordan Castile, and Toyin Odutola. Well, that's a great list of both older and younger artists, so thanks for sharing that. And Anne, before we let you go, we were wondering if you have any other advice you can give to any of our audience members who may just be getting into collecting? Yeah, I mean, I think for someone just getting into collecting that doesn't want to hire an advisor, of course, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, find a few of your favorite galleries and, and follow them and get to know them. Get to know the, the dealers, like take an initiative, go to all the shows, look at all the catalogs, start reading about those different artists. Um, Go to the dinners, talk to other collectors at the dinners. Um, that's kind of one, you know, avenue into becoming educated. Another thing that I think really incredible is to get involved, like join a museum group, like plug for the Whitney Artist Council that I'm in. It's an amazing organization. You, you know, you pay, the Whitney has it, of course, but so does any major museum in New York, Guggenheim, Met, MoMA, you name it. Sculpture Center, which I'm also a part of, but they open up a whole world. Um, they do studio visits, lectures, curators tours, fundraisers. You, know, you, you pay a set amount per year and you have this whole group of people and access uh, at, your, at your fingertips. And I think that's a, a really good way. You know, another, another good way is to read and listen to podcasts like this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. It was great hearing your advice and listening to your insights on the contemporary art world. It was incredibly insightful. If our listeners want to learn more about Anne Bruder Art, what's the website they can visit? Yes, um, you can visit www.annebruderart.com. Perfect. Thanks so much again, Anne. Thank you. Thanks to ArtCloud for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. Do you know that ArtCloud is trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide? ArtCloud's all-in-one management solution and integrated art marketplace is the fastest growing of its kind. You can use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste. 
You could share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and you can use their app to visualize artwork in your own space. That's pretty cool. If you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. So, are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so sign up now on artcloud.com, but make sure you spell it right. That's A-R-T-C-L-D.com.